When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Parkman. It, it works in so many situations, too. How about that? I just love it how that quote is a primary quote on this show. It is one yeah. of the all-time great villain quotes in the history of movies. The way he does it, he's putting a cigarette out, getting into a sports car with his girlfriend. He's got a leather jacket. The whole thing. Everything about it is perfect. Just such a great villain. He's so he is so much better than Clue Haywood. And I know Clue Haywood's kind of the villain with the Yanks in in the original Major yeah. League. Parkman is a much better villain. Oh no, absolutely, so much better, so much better of a villain. <laughs> Just the way he's such an ass the entire time. He's such a jerk. <laughs> Doing his little shimmy makes the women here in Cleveland puke. <laughs> In the beginning of the movie, they love the little shimmy here in Cleveland. (laughs) Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget the NBA in-season tournament semifinals are on ESPN Radio today. Coverage beginning 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And Adam Silver is scheduled to join ESPN Radio between games one and two. But then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers tonight taking on the New England Patriots. And and one coach for sure we spent a lot of time talking about. Joe, going to sneeze, going to hit the mute button. This Boom. is all you. All right. Go ahead. Get it out. We're watching you on the monitor. And there we Ooh, go. Little shiver. Yep. Little shiver. Hit the mic uh, kill switch. We're in good shape. Yeah. Look at you. You're figuring out this whole radio thing. <laughs> Only took 25. 25 years. That's all. <laughs> Should I just leave the mic open now every time and we just let it fly? I'm not opposed to that. This is the one show that does not mute the mics. We'll be that show. The uh, morning show this morning did accuse you, Carlin, of doing that on purpose yesterday for the TikTok clicks. What's that? Please. So the morning show this morning did accuse. The unsportsmanlike moment of the day was Carlin blowing his nose on air. And he was accused by members of that show of doing it on purpose for attention, for the clicks on TikTok. Who do they wow. think he is? Like Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible? <laughs> like thinking four levels ahead of everybody else? I said they don't know Carlin that well. Yeah, like, I mean, can't he worked with me? He knows what <laughs> level of an idiot I am. Like, he should have shot that down immediately. And if he was mm. one of the people espousing that conspiracy theory, I would be highly offended. He didn't. He didn't uh, bring it up, but he didn't push it down either. Like he, he kind of went along with it. So it was Evan. That's what you're telling me. It was not. It was Smalls. Michelle yeah. thought I was doing it for the clicks. Smalls See. is the conspiracy. Wow. Theory. See, it was Pat Costello, one of the producers. Uh, it was Pat Costello. Well. See, Costello's had it out for me. I was going to say that would have been the all-time twist if it was yeah. Smalls. Like, it's not her <laughs> like, thing. She's wow. not going to be. She's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Costello's had it out for me for since day one, and I don't know what it's about. Costello was in the uh, stand-up urinal next to me this morning, and his foot placement was a little reckless. I could have taken a shot. I didn't. I let him know I went out of my way to not take the shot, but I could have taken the shot. Did he cross the line? 
the foot was a little bit too far right than it, than it should have been. I told him, I was like, Costello, you better tighten this up in the future. You're not going to get the warning. Honestly, and I know you probably like those shoes. Now, that's where you get – I Now, this I is where I probably shouldn't have had the mic on, right? That's probably a story I didn't need to tell. No, that's okay because I do think that there is a, a certain etiquette to that that Costello needs to be, be made aware of that he's going to be held accountable now that you're in town. Yeah, he needs a more narrow base for his stance when he's handling his business like that. Yeah, I mean – There's an opportunity there. I wasn't going to take it, but I let him know in the future I might not be so kind. See, to me – you know, considering you came in yesterday, bought lunch to establish to everybody that they owe you right out of the gate, that they're in your pocket, you have to go ahead and just kick that shoe back to where it belongs. Oh, you're thinking kick? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Not a was, hard kick. No, it's not, it's not kick. That's not what I was implying. No, I'm saying you should have kicked him back. If his shoe placement was too far over into your area, is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is I saw a target and I thought about aiming for it. I never said anything about kicking. Ah. We were in the urinal. Was that not ah. the dead giveaway here? Wow. I didn't say we were playing you're, soccer. You're a little bit more gangster than me. See, that's yeah. why I, I held back. Imagine yeah. that. Your first two days on campus at ESPN. One day you're buying lunch for everyone. The next day you're drilling someone's shoe, so to speak. Uh, I think if you had kicked it. There's a good chance you don't end up in front of HR. If I kick it, I'm not talking about it on air because nobody cares. Right. If I pee on him, it's a different story. Uh, and not on him, on his shoe. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah, I think we were clear. <laughs> were, were we? Because it seemed like I needed to get you there. No, no. As far I, Once we got there, I think we were clear on what it was. <laughs> All right. Feels like we may have diverted a little bit from what we were intending here. Uh, I think we were talking about Mike Tomlin and, and so you know, I, I just put a target on my shoe moving forward from everybody in the building. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep the nice shoes out. But, but I got to say, like, that's a little more gangster than I would have thought. Well, you see it there and you're thinking, why is this thing so far right? Take a shot at it. Teach someone a lesson. You got to learn the hard way every now and again. That's OK. Listen, I, what it is, is more information for me to know how to handle myself in the future and, and how. Uh, let's put it this way. It's not going to be a proportional response I get back if I offend you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just told me. It's we're going to go over the we're going to you know, go over and just absolutely take everybody out. Got to send the message every now and again. You got to send the message. Yep. Send the message to keep people in line. Uh, Joseph, we do have this game tonight and it is interesting with Belichick and everything that we have talked about here earlier today. Um, Kevin Clark, of course, of Omaha Productions with the This Is Football podcast. We've had him on the show. He's phenomenal. Had Daniel Jeremiah on from the NFL Network and asked Daniel Jeremiah, considering where the Patriots are right now and where they're going to be in position to draft a quarterback, would you trust Bill Belichick with a young quarterback right now? It feels to me that you can – it's an unbelievable run. He'll land. He's going to get another gig in two seconds yep. to offset. You'll want. You won't have to pay him anything because he'll get. He'll get all that money somewhere else. I think it should. It feels to me like it's a fresh start. It's a new quarterback. It's a new coach. Let's see if we can get that them go on this next decades long uh, run. So the point of this is like they're in this position, and it's probably time to turn the page for the Patriots. And when you hear this starting to get louder and louder, we understand where it's coming from. But you brought something up this morning with Mike Tomlin that maybe 
those whispers are going to start coming his direction when you look at what has happened with the offense the last couple of years. That is the fascinating angle in tonight's game, in my opinion. We've talked already at nauseum, like a lot of people, about the future of Bill Belichick and how it's probably more likely than not he's not back with New England next year. I wonder what the thought process is in Pittsburgh. Uh, Full disclosure, I love Mike Tomlin. I think he's a great head coach. But I also think Andy Reid's a great head coach. And I completely understand why Philadelphia and he parted ways after such a long and successful tenure together. Sometimes the message just needs to change. Sometimes people just need a fresh start. It's one thing when the Steelers aren't deeply contending for Super Bowls. That That's okay. Tomlin has had a... Tomlin hasn't had a losing season his entire tenure in Pittsburgh. And he hasn't been there five years. He's been there since, what, 07, 06? I mean, he's been there a long time. But this year feels a little bit different. Fired an offensive coordinator. Year two of Kenny Pickett isn't going great. And the thing that really stands out to me is the trouble with Deontay Johnson. It's not as if Pittsburgh's never had a problem before with a player. They definitely had problems with players before, and they shipped him out. But Johnson, there was the report of stuff that happened in the locker room. And then, you know, he's still there. And then we saw the situation in the game where the fumble happened right next to him and he just didn't even bother. He actually walked away from it. It feels like this is the year where that locker room is not under control. There's losing and then there's dysfunction. And it feels like they're crossing that boundary just a little bit. And when that starts to happen, that's Tomlin's thing. He doesn't let that happen in his locker room. So I'm not calling for his head or anything like that. I'm just curious as to what the talk is in Pittsburgh and what the front office and ownership group might be thinking after such a successful run. Because of what they do and how they've handled coaches over the years, I don't expect it this year. But if you're in this similar situation next year, has a new offensive coordinator in place, Pickett's not developing, and the team is not headed anywhere good, and you've paid T.J. Watt the amount of money that you have, then I think you're going to be talking about it for sure. And look, with Tomlin, it's great to be a coach that gets the most out of what you have when it's not the best. Like last season... For them to even be in the playoff discussion in Week 18 as a possibility was absurd, and it was a credit to him. But you can point to other years where you could argue that they should have done more than they did, and they didn't. Like, There's no question in my mind that Mike Tomlin, by now, should have more than one Super Bowl win. He absolutely should. Like, If you look back, I mean, that's early in his tenure. That's what, year three? It was very early in his tenure. Yeah. And they, and they went a couple of years later and lost to the Packers, and we know what happened in that game. But as a Steeler fan, I get where people are talking about it. I don't see it now, but I see it sooner rather than later. Uh, just going through it right now, he won a Super Bowl in year two, and here's where they've been the last few years. Last year, they lose in the wild card. Year before that, lose in the wild card. No playoffs the year before that. No playoffs the year before that. Lose in the divisional round. And then they lost 2016 AFC Championship game, blown out by the Patriots, 36-17. Before that, losing the divisional round. Before that, losing the wild card. Before that, no playoffs. Before that, no playoffs. Losing the wild card. And then we're back in 2010 when they lost to the Packers. So a couple Super Bowl appearances very early in his career. Year two and year four, it looks like. And then since then, one trip to the AFC Championship game. 
a lot of playoff bursts. I mean, a lot of success. This is not to, to drag down the accomplishments. It's just at some point that question has to be asked as to whether or not the message is getting lost. Because there's one thing to get to the playoffs and lose early. Okay. It's another thing when you're starting to have problems in the locker room. And we look like we have one there. We have the failure to develop Kenny Pickett, the firing of the offensive coordinator. There are a handful of things that are going wrong for the Steelers right now. It's not just the end of the road potentially for Belichick, but maybe for one of his greatest friends on the planet. We'll tell you who that is next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. So we gave you two in the NBA in-season tournament earlier. We took the Pacers plus five and a half over the Bucks, and we're taking the Pelicans plus one and a half over the Lakers. Little Thursday night football for you. We're going right to the spread. Patriots plus six over the Steelers. Total in this game is 30. The bookmakers are telling you that this is expected to be a very low-scoring game. So six points in your pocket is extremely valuable in a low-scoring game as opposed to in a high-scoring game, right? No Minka Fitzpatrick for the Steelers tonight. That compromises the secondary. And Bailey Zappi, as bad as he's been as the Patriot quarterback, he does like to push the ball down the field more often than Mac Jones. So maybe he hits on one or two deep balls, and that could be enough to get it done for us. The Patriot defense, not bad this year. Top half of the league in efficiency and EPA. The Steeler defense, as we mentioned, could struggle a little bit here. But the Steeler offense, keep in mind, last week with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, they scored 10 points against one of the three worst defenses in the league in Arizona, and they're playing that game at home. Pizza money number three, Patriots plus six over the Steelers. Snap to Milrow, look, he's got to wide open, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! I couldn't be prouder of a bunch of guys. The progress that we made, the way we compete. There wasn't a better stage to do it, to play the number one team in the country who had won 29 games in a row. Had to feel pretty good for Nick Saban to get back into the college football playoff to beat Kirby Smart after all the talk has been about how 
Saban is now in the rear view of smart. It's Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio presented by progressive insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at progressive.com. So 72 years old, where does that leave him now? If he's able to get on a run, maybe even win one more national championship. This is very interesting stuff from Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News. Who's that? Well, he is a guy that is in the know in Tuscaloosa, and he was all with Paul Paul Feinbaum yesterday talking about the timing and what Nick Saban's future might look like. The guy continues to say he's got no thoughts of of retiring when he knows he's going to know. I'll I'll say this. I I don't have any insight into when he might retire, but I will say if he were to win another another national championship now at 72, having taken back the SEC, having taken back a national championship from an era in college football that that a lot of people thought maybe it passed him by, not sure there would be a better time to, to, to go out than that. Joseph, I don't see it. I don't think he's going to do it right now. And my my thing with Nick Saban is he is just someone that constantly is chasing a goal that is unattainable, and that is perfection in a lot of ways. Yeah, I I mean, I'm not one to you know go against the reporter or the or the thought process of someone who's so close to the program, but guys like this, they strike me as lifers. Like there's no what's going to pull him away. I just don't know what he would do in retirement and I don't know how it would be fulfilling. Right. Like this happens with a lot of people and it's a big transitional phase late in careers. You know, therapists and people all over do deal with this. Self-help books deal with this. The transition into retirement when for 40, 50 years you've been grinding hard over something you're passionate about. Year in, year out, day in, day out, and then all of a sudden it all goes away and you have all this time on your hands. It is a very difficult and uncomfortable adjustment period, and it opens up the mind to a lot of thoughts about what's on the horizon, notably something that a lot of people don't want to talk about or even think about. When you're busy and you're staying active, you're staying healthy in a lot of instances. So I could understand exactly where he's coming from in that if you were to win this championship, go out on top. We saw guys like Roy Williams and Mike Krzyzewski and Jay Wright in basketball decide, you know what? Enough's enough. The game's changing. I'm good. I, I You could see it with Saban for sure. I just I don't know if he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to just be able to quietly go fishing four days a week while playing a little bit of golf on the side. He and Belichick are maniacs. That's what it boils down Obsessive. to. Yeah. And I think that's where the the problem of believing that he is going to act like somebody else who is just normal might think about, might go about that way. No, he's not going to do that. And I, listen, I, I've heard him talk too many times about how obsessed he gets with the process. It's the same thing with Belichick about that is really what they enjoy more than anything else. Like, they enjoy winning. They hate losing. But they enjoy constantly trying to chase something that they know is unattainable. Like, I, I, I interviewed him once uh, with Andy Staples uh, from On3 a few years back and felt that same vibe. Like, this is not a guy. He Yes, he cares about the results and all that. And I do think he cares a lot about his players. 
But I think ultimately what he is turned on by is everything in between the start of training camp and the national championship. Like, if the one thing I can't get past, even if you're a maniac, don't you have to get tired of recruiting? Like that, especially now, that would just drive me up the wall. There was the year, I can't remember, I think it was the did he he beat Deshaun Watson and Clemson, right? Yeah. And then didn't Watson and Clemson come back and get him the following year? I believe so, yeah. They have been there. Some, there was a lot of Alabama and Clemson in there for a while. That The year Clem, maybe Watson got him in the semifinal and then went on to beat someone else, whatever. I, I think there was the year where Alabama got him late in the game. Watson had a chance to win and Bama won. And I'm pretty sure that was the year there was this famous story that came out where they celebrated the win. You know, Saban's holding up the trophy, the team celebrating, and an assistant coach tells a story about how the very next day – Saban was right back in the office, worried about recruiting and watching tape and getting ready for everything that was coming up. Like he allowed himself the night to enjoy it. And then he was right back to work the next day. That's not someone who's looking to retire, in my opinion. That's not someone who's looking to play golf and sleep in and put together a little charcuterie board at 5 p.m. to enjoy with the misses four nights a week, right? Like, that strikes me as a guy who just obsesses over this day in and day out. You're right. It's not necessarily about he's got to get the national championship. He's just obsessed with the day-to-day of what he's doing. I don't think that Saban... I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to, you know, walk away from the... or not walk away from the job ever. I don't think he's somebody that will want to stay there too long if he feels like that's what's going on. I just, I'm with you. I don't know what else he could possibly do. And the idea of sitting at home and doing nothing must just drive him insane. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like that. They're coming off careers where it's not, to them, it's not a 35-hour-a-week job. They obsess over it. It's who they are. It's their identity. And they're just unable to split with that. They they don't want to split with that. They want to keep going. It's what drives them. It's a lot of people. It, it keeps them young. It keeps them active. It keeps them healthy. It keeps them where they want to be. And he hasn't shown any sign of that. Like, he just found a way to get past Georgia, right? Just when we started to think, just when everyone had started the narrative this year that Georgia has taken over the SEC, he took Georgia out. Like, right there. This was the year. Back-to-back titles. Georgia is now in control of the SEC right up until the SEC championship game, and they fall to Bama. I mean, even Brian Kelly in LSU, this was supposed to be, hey, Kelly got him last year in his first year. Now in year two, maybe Kelly's going to take over the SEC West. Nope. Bama put it on him. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. As we mentioned, we've got the NBA Cup semifinals tonight right here on ESPN Radio in the early game at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN between the Bucks and Pacers. And we will ask this question when we return, and we will do so seriously of someone who will speak to it seriously. What does an NBA Cup actually do for LeBron and his legacy? That's after Joe has this from Vivid Seats. Vivid seats. Let's go ahead, filibuster for a moment, and bring ourselves to the point where we say things like bowl season, basketball, hockey, and pro football 
They're in action right now, and Vivid Seats has it all for you and your ticket-gifting needs this holiday season. See every one-timer, every touchdown, every dunk, live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, and this is the kicker you want to pay attention to, with Vivid Seats rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us, the fans. They offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades, free tickets, annual birthday discounts, and more. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8 SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Semifinals tonight, ESPN Radio, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Pacers, Bucks, also on ESPN. Our coverage here on ESPN Radio begins at 4.30 p.m. And then 9 p.m. Eastern, it's Lakers-Pelicans, the game televised on TNT. And, of course, we'll have it here on ESPN Radio. And do not forget that in between games one and two, Adam Silver will join us right here on ESPN Radio, so make sure you're here for that. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thrilled to have you with us, as usual, as we get ready for this tonight. And, Joseph, I, I have to give them credit. Like, I care about it. I care about it more than I would care about a regular season game in early December. And if the whole premise was to get people to really care about the NBA before Christmas Day? Mission accomplished. Agreed. But the question now is this. Are they going to be able to build off of this? And what I mean is, by the time these two games end tonight, and after we declare a champion Saturday evening, when we revisit this process at the start of next year, will more people be buying into this? Will there be more excitement, more anticipation, more discussion? Will it fall off? Will it maintain the same? What do you think? I think it depends on how these games go. Like if we if we get two thrillers tonight and we get a a great championship game, I I don't think it's going to stick in everybody's memory right away, but it'll stick in everybody's memory come next year when it comes around and they start to see, especially if you had a team like the Pacers seemingly come from nowhere and win it. Yeah. And get something out of it. Absolutely. The opportunity for the 
cream of the crop to win the NBA championship, but maybe the lesser known teams to come out of nowhere. I mean, that's the variance, right? When the better teams are going to win, the more opportunity they have to win. What I mean by that is the cream rises to the top in a seven game series. You can't have that fluky of a scenario with one team winning four of seven, but one team winning one of one, you can get an upset there. The most important thing is to take a look at what happened with formula one formula one had drive to survive the Netflix special that got a lot of people in. And then a couple seasons ago, they had one of the most competitive, thrilling seasons in history where it came down to literally the final lap of the last race for the championship between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, which mm-hmm. Verstappen went on to win. Since then, it has been nothing but blowouts in that sport. The championship was decided like six races from the end of the year this past season. That's not good enough. If you want to captivate a brand new audience, and in this case, it was the American audience, you're going to need to to give them something entertaining. And they did not give that to the people this year. And I know the interest is still up, but it's waning. It's waning a little bit. People like me were not even close to as interested this year. So that's going to be the key for the NBA next season is have it be interesting once again, which if guys are willing to play competitively, yeah, you're going to get that. It is amazing how every sport, even the NBA, which I think is a clear cut number two right now. It is amazing how, Every sport is just trying to find, it almost feels like trying to find the right algorithm to catch into like a spiral of attention and heat like the NFL consistently does. And I think one of the most important things in this, Joe, is that the players have bought in. Listen to Dame Lillard talk about this. I love it. I always knew, you know, from the first one, when you see the different court out there, you know, it's a little bit brighter in the arena, you know that it's something on the line. And then everybody learned about the prize in the end, the trip to Vegas. You know, you just see people start, the intensity starting to rise in these games. You see people starting to care about it. And I think uh, the NBA is on to a great thing. You're going to hear the entire interview with Dame Lillard on our pregame show tonight with coverage beginning at 430 uh, prior to Bucks Pacers on ESPN radio. But that aside, like, you listen to him, you listen to LeBron, said Adam Silver's a genius. Like, this is the most important part. We knocked the players so much for all of the, the load management, and, and now they had to put restrictions on winning awards. If they're into it, that is the single biggest thing. I'd say one other thing. One other thing. You need a storyline to emerge that hasn't previously existed. The Pacers being a really good team, that's a storyline we haven't had. Zion Williamson in the biggest game of his career tonight against the Lakers, taking that team, putting him on his back, winning this game, winning the whole thing, the narrative shifts on Zion. There are opportunities here for big-time storylines, and if you combine that with the competitive nature of the games, you've got yourself a winning product. We're going to Vegas right now. We're welcoming in Michael Wilbon, ESPN NBA Countdown, PTI, of course. It begins today. Uh, the countdown does at 4 p.m. Eastern with Malika Andrews, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Michael, Bob Myers, and Woj as well. Michael, it's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio. We appreciate a few minutes. Let's just get right to it. Why has the in-season tournament been so successful so far? Because the marketing people got it right. Hmm. They they said, look at this hand, not that one. Look at this hand. We're going to tell you something's important. We're just going to tell you so often that you, we're going to get players and fans to believe it. Because they're, they're not even separate games. It's not like soccer, which, is of course, it is modeled after, 
where you actually pull people out and put them in a separate condition. You're basically telling people who follow basketball, even casually, we're going to put a different court out there, maybe some different uniforms. We're going to say these games count for more, and you're going to believe it. And it worked. They did. Um, I wouldn't have given you 10 cents for the whole thing, but I'm old. It's not targeted toward me. targeted (laughs) people who targeted people in their 30s, 20s, 30s, teenagers, maybe 40s, many of whom follow soccer and care about in-season things like this. Um, and that's the player's age. And, and I just heard you guys saying it. They bought in. They bought it. And they're selling it. And they're not even getting paid for it. So they're willing to do something they're not even willing to do in the same space under the same banner. They're not even willing to play every night in the regular season. They don't do it. That's, I mean, that's plaguing the league. That's why they had to come up with something. So we were kicking this around earlier. Naturally, the conversation goes to LeBron and people talk about legacy and things like that. You know, could winning this thing, playing 40 minutes a night to the level he's been playing so far, does that do anything for the legacy, winning this whole thing? Uh, Not for me. LeBron's legacy is set. If LeBron doesn't win another game, if he announced today, what, what does that do to LeBron's legacy? Nothing. It's set. He's one of the handful of, whether you want to argue, I'm not arguing great, greatest ever, but if you want to argue two, three, four, five, wherever you want to argue, wherever you want to put him with. He's with a group of, of Russell, Magic, Michael, Kareem. He's with a tiny group of people already. What does it do to his legacy? He's not a damn thing. But um, the storylines you put out there, when, you got, when you're trying to get people to embrace something, it matters to them. Not to him. Now, they may think it does, which is all that counts. This is where Adam Silver and the marketing people got it right. They decided, yeah, we can convince you if we say something is more valuable than it's been. You'll believe it. That's the genius of it. And uh, they got it right. You got, you got more fannies in the seats. You have more eyeballs watching. You have players more invested in a way that they're not otherwise. And so, like, what else would you want? The whole objective was to get people to pay attention to the NBA in ways they have not before Christmas Day. Michael Wilbon, ESPN NBA Countdown in Vegas for the semifinals of the tournament. All right, you being a Chicago guy, how do you think Jordan would have looked at this if they were doing this when he was playing? Are you, are you people serious? <laughs> That's how he would have looked at it. Are you people serious, really? Like you think you think I need extra incentive? Check the schedule. Check the career games played year by year and see how many times he he load managed. So he would have been insulted by it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because he's going to play that way every day. Look, there there are times where I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. There was a uh, time where the Bulls had clinched the top seed throughout the playoffs. So they're not playing for anything like game eighty or eighty one. And Michael walks into the Bulls locker room, and, and I, I think that Steve Kerr and Stacey Camp, you guys were all on that team, and they had ice packs on. They weren't going to play because it's like, okay, it's game 80. We're, 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 the top seed is set. There's nothing literally to play for. Locker room and said, um, I'm playing, so you can take the ice pack off, and you can take it off, and you can take it off because you're playing, and you're playing, and you're playing. And guess what they all did? Here's how you can check the record, the veracity of that story. 
they all played 82. You know how many times Steve Kerr played 82 games? Only the years he was in Chicago with Michael. That's it. The time, Stacey King played 82. They all played 82. Robin and Pippen couldn't. They had back surgeries at one point. Pippen famously had a back surgery. But once they got rolling, they played every game. And I know this from because those guys tell the story about Michael, and Michael told me the story. No, you're all playing. <laughs> so they didn't need incentive. They weren't going to manage a load of anything. A load of garbage is what that amounted to in his mind. So, you know, older players, like it's, it's generational. Not just older players. It's older people look and go, what, what? What do you, you need this? Why? And this is a thing. My son looks at it and says, Dad, you're just being old and crotchety. Why can't you embrace the in-season tournament? Because I'm old and crotchety. <laughs> There's the answer. Let me, let me just, I don't speak for other people, but let me say about Michael and Magic. Magic is not crotchety. He's just not. He may be old. We're the same age. And Charles, old and crotchety. That fits it. And so it's a generational thing. And Adam Silver uh, and, and, and the marketing people at the NBA, they figured it out and they got it right. Last one for you, Michael. We appreciate the time. Curious, fifth year of Zion Williamson in the NBA. Injuries and a lot of other things have kind of gotten in the way. But this game tonight against LeBron in season tournament, we, we've never seen him in a playoff game. Is it fair to say this is the biggest game of his career? Yeah. I think it is. I, I will tell you this, and I heard you guys talking about storylines that need to emerge. So the Pacers is a great one, and Halliburton is a great one. Come on. This guy's – okay, if I was voting first team right now, first team All-NBA, my first team would include Halliburton. Anthony Edwards is the MVP. I know he had a, didn't have a good game last night, but even when he didn't, they won again. So Halliburton, Anthony uh, – uh, um, Robertson. So, so those guys are – they are the new and emerging players, and you don't have him here, which is too bad. You don't have the Timberwolves. But you do have Halliburton. And you have De'Aaron Fox was, was on my first team last year, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. These guys are all first and second team all NBA. And so they are emerging, period. But when you've got one of them, you know, on center stage tonight, and that would be Halliburton, then that really does something for this now. Zion, of course, being a bigger figure in terms of celebrity than any of those guys right now, still, even in his, you know, secrecy, his absence, that's, that's a big deal. So, yeah, I think this whole thing, we're all looking at Zion saying, okay, can this guy, does this guy have enough discipline to get out there and be great? Can he be great this year? And if, let me just say this, if the Pelicans have all their people if they got Brandon Ingram and Zion on the court for 65 games, but they can't be a factor, the hell they can't. I think they can be terrific with C.J. McCollum as a leader and all the and Herb Jones and all the pieces they have. I think that they would be terrific. So it's not just Zion. It's Zion with a team that's got credibility. And we're seeing that for the first time. That, that's exciting to me. And I don't need an in-season tournament for that to be exciting. But it does frame it. It frames the discussion. And so, once again, the league got it right. Michael, great stuff. We appreciate it. Have a great show later on NBA Countdown, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me. Michael Wilbon gave you some great stuff right there. The Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Geico's mobile app has 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info. It's easy to Geico. 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Michigan Wolverines are Big Ten champions for the third consecutive year as the Wolverines go 13-0. and 0. We'll get on a one-track mind to move on in the playoffs and find out who we're going to play, and the team has st- still has more goals to accomplish. Unreal to me. Unreal to me, the stories that we're seeing today. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. But then again, Joe, like, there's always a part of me that has been incredibly naive. <laughs> And I've never been able to shake it. I don't know why that is. And, you know, sometimes, oh, you're, you're childlike. Yeah, no, I'm just a moron for buying into some things that I shouldn't buy into, including what's going on at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. Stories are out there today that they are working on an extension that is five years and worth $11 million per. I just want to remind everybody, Jim Harbaugh coached half of his team's regular season games this year half why because he was suspended for the other six holy crap what are we doing well it's not hard to see if you're michigan you have an you have a a view of yourself an idea of yourself that you are one of the power players in college football power players being teams like alabama now it's a team like georgia clemson had been there for a little while ohio state's always around Teams like Michigan and Texas, they lost their way for a little while, and they desperately wanted to get it back. USC lost its way. They thought they were going to be back. They're not. Texas looks like they're climbing back into it right now. They've made the Final Four. Big step forward. Michigan knows what it's like. Rich Rodriguez and everything that happened in the last couple of decades as they did well, but were not elite. Harbaugh has them back at the elite level, and in their mind, Why mess with this? This guy knows what he's doing. We gave him the time. He got us to where we want to be. We beat Ohio State every year. We're going to the playoff every year. We have legitimate national championship aspirations every year. There's nowhere else to look. We want to lock this guy up for as long as humanly possible so you can completely understand why they'd be throwing around numbers like $11 per year. That's nothing when you're not carrying a a, a roster with a salary of north of $200 million like they do in the pros. Well, part of it is that they want to make sure he's not investigating any more NFL jobs and as a possibility this year. Here's Adam Schefter on the Pat McAfee show regarding that. I would say that he's always wanted to go bring a national championship to Michigan. And I think if he brings a national championship to Michigan, I would think there would be a part of him that feels like he set out to do what he intended all along. And I think that that would give him even more liberty to take the jump to the NFL. Now, again, he's assessed this in each of the last Last two years, two years ago, Minnesota came after him. Last year, Denver came after him. And he's made it pretty clear. He said before, well, I'm going to stay at Michigan. But each year, these teams come calling. And if they come calling again, I would imagine he'll listen again. That's what he's done in the past. There is something that we seem to be forgetting here. He's a cheater <laughs> in every way possible. And it's a, it's unreal to me that... Yes, Michigan wants to win, and they want to be back in that discussion as you're talking about. But this, they were ready to get rid of him a couple of years ago until he started cheating, and now they're willing to go and pay up this money. Here's what I want to happen, Joe. Like, I personally before didn't want to put any of it on Michigan. But if you're going to hand him that kind of money, here's what I want to happen. I want the ink dry on that contract before the national semifinal, and I want them to get their doors blown off by Alabama. 
Aren't, aren't we still forgetting that the NCAA hasn't had its say in what the punishment's going to be for this uh, infraction? In either of the, the things that he's been suspended for. That hasn't happened. Yeah, so you can ink him to over. a long-term deal, but if they end up coming in and stripping scholarships and NIL money or things of that nature, it's you could be dealing with a severe penalty in the very near future here. You think you think Jim Harbaugh's signing a contract with any of those exceptions in there? <laughs> no chance. No. No chance. God, no. Absolutely All not. the leverage in the world. Again, sign the contract, and then I hope they get buried. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast. Robert half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.